But as Brother Jason said, my topic is Christ alone, solus Christus. You know, it, salvation by Christ alone. And, you know, it's probably a dream, if Brother Jason could preach this right now, even Brother Lewis and Brother Tom, but I, it was a, it was a challenge for me to choose a text for this, for this message because there is so much powerful scripture. And we only have, you know, 66 books about Jesus. So, you know, it's not that easy to think of. But, uh, but our text this morning will come from Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. And I chose this text because it speaks of two men. One that caused sin and death, and one who destroys sin and death. And with our theme of the solas and alone or alone or only, there is only one who has given us hope for salvation, and that is Christ alone. But also the beauty of Romans chapter 5, which Lewis kind of pointed to it a little bit, is that grace alone, faith alone, walk hand in hand with Christ alone as they should. So let's, let's go ahead and read uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. Um, you know what? <laughs> Lewis kind of started there when he finished. Let's actually start at uh, Romans, um, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. These, again, these verses are so good. They are so powerful. We see so much in here. Yeah. All right, so let's, yeah, let's go ahead and read verses 1 through 11 of Romans chapter 5. It says, Therefore, Paul says, Therefore, being justified by faith, faith alone, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom, by whom also we have access by faith into grace, hand in hand, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have received the atonement. We could preach that on Christ alone. But wow, how these 11 verses are so powerful. We see, again, grace, faith, and Christ. But we, what we truly see is God's work through Jesus Christ for our good. And his glory. And as we take a quick glance at these 
11 verses here before us, Paul reveals to us that though the work and death of Jesus hath, we have been justified and we have been given peace between God and man now, we have access by faith into His grace. We have been given the Holy Spirit. We see God's great love for us by the giving of His Son and the love of Christ because of His shed blood and great sacrifice. We are reconciled to God by His death. The relationship we spoke of last night, the relationship between God and man has been repaired by the work of Christ alone. We shall be saved by His life. Verse 10 tells us that Christ alone and His life alone is our way to salvation. But why do we need salvation? Justification, reconciliation, all those Asians, why do we need them? Why does the relationship between God and man need repaired? Well, this is where the story of the two men come in. So let's go ahead and read now verses 12 through 21, our text for today. So Paul continues in verse 12 after he gives us all this greatness that God through Christ has given us. He says, wherefore? We need this. Therefore, because by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, that all have sinned. For until the loss, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even, uh, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many are dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men the condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, we should say all were made sinners, by, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through the righteousness unto eternal life by Christ Jesus. I'd like to pray, actually, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this recorded word of Paul. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to hear this word, Lord. Lord, we are in the flesh. We are the natural man of Adam. And Lord, I have failures. And I pray, Lord, that you can give me strength to proclaim the word that is before me here. 
in, in truth, Lord, and in boldness, and unto conviction and power and praise. So, Lord, please bless this time we have together here in this house to hear your word and to praise your name and all you've done for us, Lord. So I do ask now for your forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. As we begin here, the reason why we need to be reconciled to God or to repair our relationship with him is because of one man, the man Adam, the head of the human race, we might say, the one that the Lord put head of us and gave the command, do not eat of that tree. And when he gave that command, Eve wasn't even made yet. So it was Adam's responsibility to tell Eve to make sure she knew not to do the same. But ultimately, they both failed. And Adam is our representative of mankind, the head of us, the seminal head and the judicial head. His sin fell onto us. He stood for us and all mankind sinned in the same way. Well, not in the same way Adam did, but eventually in the same way Adam did. But he failed. And the sin against God, and he became, I'm sorry, and he failed. He sinned against God and became, and God, because of that sin, that one sin, as we read there in verse 12, by one man centered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, all men. For that all have sinned. And might I add too, it wouldn't matter whether it was you or whether it was Adam or any of us. We would have failed in the same way Adam did. And because of that, again, his sin was imputed into us. That's what our father Adam gave us, his sin and his failure. And many people like to believe or many people believe it is not fair that we should die or be punished or be accountable for the sin of Adam. But is it fair that Christ died for your sin? Is it any different? Is, is it any more unjust? But by Christ, we have access to him and his glory. And as verse 13 says, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So, for until the law, sin was in the world. And after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, sin began to reign. And it still reigns today. We still see the lust of the eye as the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Just turn on the news. Open the paper. Get on social media. We see what man's condition is without the Lord. We can see what man's condition is with the Lord sometimes. It's still, sin still reigns today. And even though, verse 14, you know, even, well, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even though the Ten Commandments had not been given, the law had not been given yet until Moses, but from Adam to Moses, sin still reigned. It was still there, just by conscience sake. So even though the law wasn't given yet, and the, and, the, and the sin of man wasn't like Adam's sin, meaning you know, God gave Adam a particular command, don't, 
And he did. And he broke that direct command from God. Maybe no other man did that until Moses. But we do know that the sin is still in the heart. Sin still drives men to kill, as we saw with Cain. It's still there. We're still held accountable for it. So from Adam to Moses, even though there was no law, we, they, are still guilty. And it has continued to be passed on from generation to generation. But then we see at the end of verse 14 how it says, you know, this, this, even over, I'm sorry, even over them that which had not sinned after the similitude of Adam, transgression was um, Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him to come. So why is Adam a figure or type of Christ? Because Christ is the one to come that Paul is speaking of here. And how, again, is Adam that type? Well, Adam and Jesus are both unique creations. They're both the first and only of their kind. You know, Adam come from the ground, and the breath of life was breathed into him. Christ came from heaven and was the giver of life, a quickening spirit of to that. Adam and Jesus both represented humanity. Adam represented all humanity, the physical birth. Christ represents humanity, those who believe, by spiritual birth. And Adam died for sin because of sin. He followed suit. He took of that fruit from Eve. But Jesus died for sin. And ultimately, they both chose that death. That was their decision. That was their will. And so, but let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul gives us a little, it kind of gives us this in a nutshell here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 through 49. For further explanation. So verse 45, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45 And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. God created him. The last, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first, howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, which is spiritual. So Paul's saying, you know, the natural man comes first. He's, we're born by Adam. We're born physically. But then the spiritual comes after. So the first man is of the earth, earthly, naturally. And the second man is of the Lord, from heaven, given by the Lord. As is the earthly, such are they that are earthly. And as is heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. There's, Paul's putting a lot out there again. So this is why this is the story of two men. And then the next seven verses 
compare and contrast the work of Adam, what we received from Adam, our nature and our position before God, but then also what the work of Christ and Christ alone did for our position before God. So verse 15, as we look at it once again, Paul reminds us that Adam's offense caused all to die. It was a curse upon all, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if though the offense of one, many are dead, not only many, but all are dead in trespasses and sin, and much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Christ alone, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Again, Paul reminds us of that cause of death, the cause of sin. But the grace of God and the gift by that grace is accomplished by that one man, Christ, Christ alone, Jesus Christ. And because of that, many shall live. Many have hope. Many will be justified. In verse 16, as he continues the comparison, and, and not as it was by one man that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift of many offenses unto justification. Again, we keep going back to Adam. The comparison of the two men, Adam's sin brought in judgment and condemnation. We deserve hell. We inherited Adam's sin, so we deserve that judgment. That condemnation. But Christ, again, another great but, but Christ brings in justification. Declared righteous by his sacrifice. We are declared righteous, acquitted, innocent. Our sins are imputed upon Jesus. And his righteousness is imputed on us. So when God looks at us, he sees Christ. Amazing grace. How sweet that sound. It's unbelievable. It's a miracle. But then, back to, back to the scriptures, 17 and 18. But, but, but God be thanked. I'm sorry, that's the wrong verse. Uh, that's, that's chapter 6, actually. Uh, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men the condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Again, by Adam's, death, by Adam's sin, death reigns. By the grace of God through Jesus Christ, we shall reign in life. But when we look at that, we see that gift once again, that blessing that Christ has done for us, what his life means to us. That doctrine of justification, the doctrine of grace, the doctrine of salvation by Christ alone. For verse 19, for as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. 
Again, Adam's disobedience turned us all into sinners. We, it was imputed into us. And by the obedience of Christ upon the cross, many be made righteous by his work and his work alone. So now verse 20 and 21. As Paul kind of wraps up here, he says, Moreover, the law entered. Finally the law. You know, at first the law hadn't came yet. But now the law entered. That the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, did grace much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, when the law entered in, I should say all of the thou shalt and thou shalt not, sin, had, sin should have abounded because there was New, new laws. There was much more opportunity for humanity to break these laws. And we did. But ultimately, it led humanity to know that we are sinners in the need, for, need of a Savior. But even though there was great abundance of sin, grace abounded much more. Much more. And yes, sin has reigned unto death. It still reigns unto death and it still brings death. But by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, will righteousness reign unto eternal life. So that one man, Adam, Adam alone. I don't know if there's a term for that. Sola Adomia or something like that. I don't know. But Adam alone brought sin and death to humanity. Again, spiritual, physical, eternal death because... He was our representative, and sin and death was passed on to us. But Adam's sin brought judgment and condemnation. Adam's sin brought in death to reign. And Adam's disobedience, we are all made sinners. So be thanks. May thanks be to Adam and Adam alone for the condition, for our nature. Our nature, our sin nature, comes from Adam. But Jesus, the second Adam, even though Jesus was truly the first, meaning first he was the word of God from eternity past, and then Emmanuel, God with us, so Christ, the second Adam, repairs all that the first Adam destroyed. He makes it all new. He makes it like it was supposed to be from the beginning, when when all things were good, very good. By Adam we all die. By Christ alone, many will live. And by Adam's sin, judgment, and condemnation, we deserve. By Christ alone, we are justified and declared righteous by his great sacrifice. By Adam's sin, death reigns. By the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, we shall reign in life. By Adam's disobedience, all are made sinners. By the obedience of Christ alone, many will be made righteous. And even though sin continues to abound. Again, it's all around us and continues to reign unto death. Much more will grace abound and reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Christ Jesus our Lord. And again, Christ takes that old nature that we inherited from Adam, 
dead in trespasses and sin, and he creates a new man. Paul says, you know, put off the old man and put on the new. But it's Paul's description of that put off and put on is as if you're taking off a dirty shirt, one soiled with the, sin, the, the, the stain of sin. And you put on a shirt that is snow white because of the blood of Jesus. There should be a noticeable change from the old man to the new man because of Christ alone and his imputation of righteous unto us. But Paul says, mortify the deeds of the flesh and you know, put them to death and show the new man. And because of what Christ has accomplished here in Romans chapter 5, the repairing of what Adam's sin has destroyed, it has pleased the Father that in him Christ alone is all fullness, as all fullness dwell. And Christ has the fullness of God. Jesus is fully man and fully God. That is why Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for us, for our sin. So, I know we're getting a little close on time, but what I would like to do now is just take these six works of Jesus that has given us hope of salvation and show you why salvation in Christ alone Why salvation is in Christ alone, not Adam, not you, not works, not works of the law, not baptism, not Mary, or any other saint for that matter, not Allah, not Buddha, but all glory goes to Christ alone. The praise and glory that his word reveals to us. And so that's what I would like to do with our last minutes. It's going to take a little while, but just to remind us and to give Jesus the credit and glory that he deserves that is revealed to us in Scripture. And this was why it was so hard for me to pick out a text, because there are so many that are good. But let's turn back to 15 real quick. Verse 15, for where it says to us that all are dead in Adam, we have a universal death because of Adam, But many will live in Christ because of that individual belief. We have been we have been given a free gift by grace. The grace of God through Christ's death on the cross. And this comes from the verse that I read last night, was my text last night, that we all know Ephesians 2, chapter 8. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. By Christ alone, through faith alone, not you alone, not even you a little, but only Christ. And then verse 16 tells us about Adam bringing in condemnation, and Christ brought in justification, innocence, completeness, wholeness. Well, turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. And this is right after Peter and John healed an impotent man there at the temple. And the high priest and the Sadducees and and the Sanhedrin, they all saw it and they couldn't believe it. So what did they do? They arrested Peter and John. And they're standing now before them. And they are asking Peter and John, why did this happen? How did this happen? Verse 9 of Acts chapter 4. 
If we this day be examined of the good deed done in the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Peter says, well, let me tell you. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. Christ makes us whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of the builders, which is, is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name is given. Christ alone is the head of man. He's the one who makes us whole, justifies us. No other man, no other name can do that but Christ alone. And then verse 17, as it was revealed to us, sin by Adam, sin because of Adam, death reigns. By Christ, righteousness reigns in life. So turn to John 14. John chapter 14, verse 6, and one I know you all know. John chapter 14, verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's not a way. Jesus is not just, just a way. He's the only way. Matter of fact, is he not the only way? He made the way. He is not a truth. He is the truth. The authentic truth. Everything else is man-made. Everything else comes from man. He is the life. He's not just a life. He's the life. All life is in Him and because of Him. Through Christ alone, life is given. And verse 18, Adam brought in condemnation. Christ brought in justification, acquittal, declaration, declared innocent. Again, that judicial term. And that declaration come reconciliation. So turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Verses 14 through 22. Colossians chapter 1 verse 14 through 22. Christ in whom we have redemption... Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be of thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. 
And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. They're all held together by Jesus and Jesus alone. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. And that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Christ alone created all things. Christ alone is the head of all things. By Christ alone do all things consist. They are held together by Him. Just think if this world was not being held together by Christ, what would be happening right now? It's bad enough out as it is. But God, the Father, has given Him the preeminence, the glory above all. And only Christ has that. And then verse 19. By one man's disobedience, all were made sinners. By one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 6. Another more verses we all know. Just a reminder as we talk about Jesus once again in verse 6, who being in the form of God, Jesus was God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He made himself just like me and you, because we have no reputation, we have no good, no, not one. So what did he do? He put flesh upon him. He veiled himself in flesh and took the form of a servant. He was our servant, not our master. Now he is our master. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Christ was obedient unto death. Adam was disobedient and sin which brought death. But Christ, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, preeminence, and given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Obedient unto death that we may have life. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Christ alone is our Lord. And then our last verse, I believe here, verse 21 of, of Romans 5. Sin reigns unto death. Grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. Turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, verses 25 through 26. Eternal life by Christ Jesus. As Jesus goes to see Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and Jesus says unto her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He that believeth in me, though he were dead, though he die, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? Question. Do you believe this? Do you believe Jesus died for your sins and was raised the third day again to eternal life, to the right hand of the Father, that we may have life? Do you believe that? Do you believe in His name and His work and His power and His glory? Okay? I didn't hear anybody say anything. So another question. Are you in Adam alone or are you in Christ alone? Where do you put your hope and your faith and your trust? Christ alone is our hope, our joy, our salvation, our everything. Christ is our everything. And may every knee bow and every tongue confess today here at Beverly Manor Baptist Church that Christ alone is our Lord and Savior. Give Him and Him alone the honor and glory that He deserves. Again, amen. You know, again, it was Christ's work upon the cross. His finished work upon the cross. Adam didn't say, it is finished. Christ said, it is finished. So by Christ alone, is our salvation made possible and in Him only alone. Amen.